Blissful Parenting Family. I'm your host, Michelle Abraham. I am back today with a really great guest. My guest, she is someone I've known for a while. She is just such a lovely person. I first got to know Kristen. Uh, her name is Kristen Kalk, and I first got to know Kristen through a networking event uh, on the Sunshine Coast here and really fell in love with her awesome, just, 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 uh, this position about life. I really just love Kristen's outlook and her positivity. And then I find out that she is the author of a book called The Grateful Jar. And Kristen has been doing this book, uh, putting, putting together this book over the last few years. And it came out last year and it was a hit. And I wanted to bring her on to the Blissful Parenting Podcast today because one of the things about Kristen is that she went to school. Uh, she, she went to she graduated school in uh, Rhodes Academy Wellness College for life coaching and counseling program. And her daughter was born just 10 days after graduation, which I think is fantastic. And her classmates went on to say that Kristen, they did their practicums in all these wellness places. And Kristen did her, her, her assigned practicum was life, <laughs> a lifetime as a parent. So I love that you became a parent so soon out of school. And you have this term, you were an independent parent from the time your girls were quite young. And you were the first person that I heard say this, and I've now heard a few other people say this. And it's called independent parenting. And I like what you say about it. It's because you don't feel like you're missing anything when the word single seems kind of like singular. And we're going to dive into this in a minute. But I love the word independent. It sounds strong and it sounds really uh, powerful and in, in the way that, and empowered in the way it sounds. So I would love to introduce you guys to my guest, Kristen Clark. Thank you for being here with us today. Thanks very much for having me, Michelle. I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. Sorry for the long introduction, but I had to do something like that because you're such a wonderful person. I just, there's so many cool things about you that I wanted to bring up right at the beginning of this talk so that we can dive into some really neat, uh, really neat things. So tell us about uh, this independent parenting. So I think for a lot of people, this is maybe the first time they have heard. This word. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's, it's something that's very important to me. Obviously, I am parenting alone. Um, and traditionally, you know, we've, we've heard for decades, it referred to as single mothers. And I think when you hear that term, or when you describe yourself as that term, it comes with a, a very distinct energy and a visual. And it's usually a visual of being exhausted and disenfranchised. And I'm a firm believer that whatever I think I create, and that is not my story. So I am a proud, independent parent. I love that. And I hope anyone out there who is an independent parent as well, and you've been calling yourself a single parent, I hope you hear that because I think it just sounds much more empowered and you're right the energy that comes with that is a shift it's different it's a it's a more powerful energy so i really love that and so tell us a little bit about um about about bringing up girls on your own <laughs> my ocean of estrogen <laughs> so yeah um they it's never a boring moment uh they have been my my greatest catalysts and my most profound teachers and they, I think the thing that they've taught me the most is how to allow them to have their emotional experience without it taking, without my emotions being um, influenced by it and, and really learning how to float 
atop of big feelings, right? With this ocean of estrogen. So yeah, it's been an adventure. That's amazing. And so you have two girls and now one's off to university and the other one is still at home with you. And this has been a really interesting way of um, parenting. And did, how did the Grateful Jar, you're an author of the Grateful Jar, uh, the Grateful Jar book, and it's the, it started off with the Grateful Jar project. How, tell us a little yeah. bit about that and how that's helped in, or been intertwining your parenting as well. Sure. Well, admittedly, it all began as an experiment. I've got a history of depression and anxiety from way, way back. And so I had, had toyed around in the past with, with gratitude. You know, if I, it's that Oprah's gratitude, attitude of gratitude. If I, um, if I, if I connect with what I'm grateful for, how is that going to change? And so when I first began it, admittedly, I, I, felt a little bit like a student driver learning to maneuver the stick shift of a, a standard transmission. I had a lot of very bold false starts, um, the inevitable shudder and the, the eventual defeat of the stall. And, but in the times though that I was actively practicing, I couldn't tell a difference. It was as if life seemed a bit easier. So having had that experience and seeing it on and off, I couldn't help but wonder if, if how would my life respond if I committed every day no matter what, to deliberately focus on what I had to be grateful for from that day. That's amazing. So take us on that journey. You embarked in a year-long journey. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I began it on winter solstice. It is uh, the darkest day of the year. And admittedly, I saw this as my investment in the return of the light. So um, it wasn't something that I intentionally sat out and told my children they were doing with me. It was because I think anytime you say, hey, we're gonna do this, there's automatically that, that, that their own response. So I very much just told them what I was doing and modeled it and we talked about it. And of course I involved them in it, right? When I was discussing what I was grateful for from the, uh, from the day. And they eventually just in the first few months they picked up on, on their own. In fact, it was really interesting because I think it was it was about two and a half months into the project, so it had been like mid-February. I was having a particularly uh, tense moment with my oldest, and you know, tempers were getting flared, and we were having the feelings. And my youngest wrote down on a little yellow piece of paper five gratefuls, and then she numbered one to five and had fill in the blanks. And without saying a word, she just slid the paper in front of me. And I'm telling you, you can't maintain an argument. When you've got something like that, it was immediate. And that was my first sign, um, less than a season in, what the ripple effect was going to be within my family um, for this deliberate gratitude practice. Wow, that's, empower that's so powerful. I want to, you know, just back up a second because I, I want our listeners to really hear what you just said. And so you didn't say, okay, family, we're doing this thing together and you have to participate in this. I like the way that you really brought that as like a modeling activity. And I've tried something similar in our home. We call it the rose and thorn because my kids are, um, well, now they're seven and three, but uh, we do this rose and thorn around the dinner table at night. And I got this idea from a girlfriend where say, what's your rose and thorn from the day? And then it kind of, we were like, well, you know, maybe it should be just two roses, <laughs> a rose and a, a big rose and a little rose. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do the thorn really, do we? And the reason we were doing the thorn at first was really just to see what the kids were going to say or bring up, you know, if they wanted to bring up something that they didn't, you know, otherwise bring up by it's interesting how my oldest really latched onto this and now he owns it. And we sit down at a table 
with the grandparents, with my parents, with, um, yeah, with the grandparents or with just on our own as a family. And initially he is the one instigating this. Uh, okay. What was your Rosenthorn today? What's your Rosenthorn today? And now my youngest is the one that initiates it every day. And it's amazing to see just how their little minds think about um, gratitude. And I was, I, I did this originally because I was like, how can I install some gratitude in them? And, you know, uh, help them, but it, you know, this turned into something that they own now, which is really cool. But I'm going to yeah. try the Grateful Jar project. So I think that is a fantastic idea. Now that we've done this one, the mini version. Yeah, well, it's fascinating too it, to get their perspectives. I mean, so often when I check in with them and just you know when I'm trying to come up with my ten things, I of course turn to them. Help me. What are you grateful for right now? And more often than not, whatever comes out of their mouth belly laughter just rises up and swirls around us. I mean, it's just amazing what it is that they take away from the day. And, and yeah. That's so cool. So you do 10 things each day and then you are putting them into a jar. I do 10 things from every day. This is my jar. So I've almost got enough for the last season. Um, yeah, so it's, it's generally it's five to 10 things, but I tend to, to be more towards the 10. Mm -hmm. uh, I do have a couple of, of guidelines. It has to have happened from today. I realized when I first embarked on this, um, that whatever grand visions I had for the grateful jar had the potential to dissolve into a trite bucket of cliches with <laughs> things like I'm grateful for my health or I'm grateful for my kids. And so it was really, um, what, what is it about that, that I'm grateful for? And so it's a very deliberate, uh, reconnecting with the emotion attached to, right? If I can specifically name people, uh, if I can connect into what it is, what quality is about them that I'm grateful for. And the great thing is with that is that way when I, at the end of the year, when I go through it, because that's what I do at winter solstice, I empty it out and I spend the day unfolding them all and, and going back over them. Um, and instead, it's not a grocery list. It's essentially a very, very intimate journal uh, as to what, what lifted my heart throughout the year. That's so crazy. I love it. I love just the way that it's unfolding in the book and you're speaking about it. You're really creating a movement around it. And I think it's so neat. And I yeah. was, you know, my my intent to, to talk to you about this today is really to like let more parents and families know about this too. And this is something we can do in our homes with our kids. And I think the ripple effect you'll see from this is just incredible. And so now, and it's free. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's <cool>. free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the great thing about it. Right. Yeah. And so now when you had your kids have friends over and yeah. you were doing this, I know there was a, a little exercise that you did with them. Tell us a little bit about that. So it wasn't so much, it was, it, it was a bit like, okay, so if the Grateful Jar project was a tree, this was a sort of a branch with an offshoot. Um, there, there comes times, right, where different ages and phases are more intense than others. Um, so at one particular age, I just put up a poster board in our hallway um, because I know how easy it is to, to fall into the nitpicking of, oh, you didn't put this away, or oh, you need to do this, or have you done this yet? Um, so what I did was I put this piece of poster board up in the hallway, and I took a pencil, like, you know, the little uh, banks, pens at the banks with, like, little strings? <laughs> so I thumbtacked this thing up, and I had three doll shapes um, on the poster board uh, with this long dangly pencil. So there was no, there was no obstacle in your way. The pencil was right there. 
Um, and what I had written on it was, do you, do you have um, something kind to say? Do you have a, a, a compliment that you'd like to share? We'd love to hear it. And what I did, so there was the three of us on this poster board and then around the border of the board, I wrote every positive thing I could think of about their dad. Mm. So that there's, because I know that when I speak highly of him, they feel it. Mm. So regardless of, you know, um, how things are, you know, if, if I can respect him and speak positively about him, uh, that flowers in them. So yeah, we had this border uh, speaking very, very highly about him and a doll shape of every one of us. And it was neat because every now and again, you just, you just catch them going up and just writing something really, really tiny. And when no one's looking, you're, you're going and you're screwing to see what they wrote. So <laughs> it was so cool. shifting because um, when I tell myself you're driving me nuts or when I tell myself I'm at the end of my rope, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm recreating that. Whereas if I'm able to really um, bask in the qualities that I adore about these people, mm -hmm. um, that's what I see more of. That's such a neat idea, Kristen. So you, you guys had these, uh, this poster board on your wall so that when people came over, they could write kind things uh, on the wall. That's really such a cool idea. Where did you get that idea from? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just one of those things where I just knew, um, that I had to do something that was very in my face mm -hmm. to really shift, shift my focus. Because when it comes time for the teenage years, I mean, let's face it, teenage girls, we've got this, we've got this idea attached to it as to what it's going to be like. And there's this natural phase, right? Where of course they, they begin to detach and to try and step into themselves. And I really just, if anything, need to reinforce for myself uh, all the fabulous qualities that they had that were <laughs> unfolding, that were going to allow them to be strong, empowered, <laughs> ferocious women. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I remember uh, as soon as my daughter was born, everyone was like, oh, wait till she's a teenager. Wait till she's a teenager. I was like, don't put that energy out there. I'm like, she's going to be yeah. just fine. Yeah, <laughs> Being going to ride some nice emotional waves, but it'll be okay. Yeah. There's a lot of emphasis put on girls and their teens. I was like, Ashley, I'm probably a little bit more afraid of having a boy teenager driving around out on the roads. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I try not to put that energy out there in the world to, that teenagers are going to be hard. So um, I'm glad to hear that your experience with teenagers and going through the teens has been a good experience. And uh, I love those tools and tips that you've been giving us about, you know, just remembering the good words and the good things about them and shifting your perspective when you're you know, in the middle of a, you know, maybe a debate about going out at night or maybe a debate about clothing or, you know, something even more uh, crazy than that. But, and I just love how your youngest, like, you know, just slid that, slid that little piece of paper over there so you can write down things that you were grateful for. What other things have you seen like shift in your girls from doing that exercise? You think they, a lot of their own sentences begin with I am grateful and they've, they've got the to, to back it up. It's uh, you can't, you can't complain and be grateful at the same time. Mm. So that's one thing I've definitely noticed. Uh, and it also, 
Um, I think it just, you know, improves their, their, their emotional wellness. I mean, what I didn't realize when I embarked on this experiment is that it's been scientifically studied um, and conclusively uh, proven that it's got a wide range of health benefits. I mean, psychologically as well, right? It really uh, dramatically increases our resiliency. Uh, it is very much... Uh, a social glue because it reduces our aggression and it increases our empathy uh, and we're better able to connect with one another. Um, and, and physically, I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's, it's been proven in these studies um, that people that actually are in a, in a daily gratitude practice on average get an extra half hour's sleep each night. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's something to be grateful for. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And so as your teens grew up, and you know, oftentimes girls, especially in the teenage years, have problems with friends. Did you find that that actually helped them get through, like you were saying, they're more empathetic and, you know, having a little bit better perspective on things? Did you think that helped as well? I do. And I think not just for themselves. I think it's also... Um, Yes, yes, they're 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 better able to to empathize and be able to connect with with their peers. But I also think uh, it's it's easier to be grateful um, about external or people around us. But when they're able to be grateful for their own um, skills and personality traits, that's what really struck my bell. When they could identify their own traits and be proud of them and actually be thankful that they had this ability that I think was absolutely game changing. Oh, that's amazing. And, you know, like often our relationship with self is the hardest one to, you know, to have. And so I think that's amazing that these girls are able to, you know, be grateful for things like that. And they're teens and yeah. teens seem to be such one of those stages of life that we're all scared of going through with our kids. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so what's next for the grateful jar? What's, what are you, what do you, you have a, have the book now. And so what are you going to do? I have the book. Um, I do have a complimentary offering that's called Seven Grateful Days in which I support people um, through, through emails in establishing their own gratitude practice. And I do have an online course coming through the works um, called okay. The Five Elements of Gratitude, which I'm preparing to launch in January. Um, and so that's, that's the five key pillars of a, of a daily gratitude practice and, and what's, what's blocking us and how do we shift beyond that and how do we embrace this and, and you know, really develop it as a, as a daily, not just a surface experience, but a profoundly powerful practice. Wow, that's amazing. And where can our listeners find out about the seven-day gratitude challenge? Um, they can visit www.kristenclark.ca. Um, I'm also Instagram at Kristen Clark. Uh, it's got a bit of a funky spelling, but um, I was sure just going to say, you got to tell them how to spell Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen is K-R-Y-S-T-I-N and then Clark is C-L-A-R-K. So, and of course, it's all one word. And again, it's www.kristenclark.ca. Awesome. And so, Kristen, any advice for parents that are, you know, wanting to instill some, some gratitude and some of these wonderful things into their families and into their homes? Uh, where should we start? What's something that we can do? I think it starts with ourselves right? And, and we touched on in the very beginning, the very moment that we say, okay, gang, we're gonna do, yeah. uh, there's a, you know, 
Um, but I think when it's something that we just start doing on our own, um, I think it's parents that like, love to read, right? Their children see them reading and they naturally gravitate to reading. Um, and I think sometimes it's just as simple as um, pulling ourselves back into the immediate moment mm -hmm. and because that's where the power is and what is it right now that I'm grateful for. Uh, amidst the you know amidst the storm amidst the the cluttered countertops and the the overwhelming to-do lists um the fact that we've got these awesome souls that are with us on this journey um that in itself is a is a great place to start absolutely and how long on a daily basis does this take you to do um i you know i it depends on if i'm doing it all right before bed maybe 10 minutes um, and that's if I'm doing the full 10 items, right? Um, I tend to, I have usually have my sheet going throughout the day, leave it around. Um, if I can do a couple of points first thing in the morning, that really sets me off on my day. And as, as I go, what I tend to do is because, you know, days get busy. Um, I've, we've all got a device with us, right? I just jot down a word. I jot down a word in it so that at the end of the day, when I'm going through it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I had this really awesome exchange with so-and-so at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, it brings it all back. Mm, that's great. And it's so nice to review things like that at the end of the day. Is that you suggest to do it near the end of the day or morning, you think? Um, I think, you know, I think it's a, it's very much, um, I think the more that we're able to cater it into how it works for us in our own natural rhythms, it just lends it towards success. Um, I do know that it's just as easy for me to go to bed thinking about amazing things that happened during the day mm. than it is for me to think about what went wrong. Right. So I, that's why I really harness that time right before bed um, to just, you know, basically bliss out before I drift out. And it gains you that extra half an hour of sleep. Like you said, it was fantastic. <laughs> oh, the, Michelle, the list of benefits were astounding. I really did a study um, of cardio um, surgery, um, cardio, uh, cardioracic is no cardio, cardiovascular. Um, yeah patients and if they were doing gratitude journaling like four weeks before their health or their healing time was reduced by like it was insane interesting so it's a cellular level that this is affecting wow amazing i love that oh kristen thank you so much for being with us today i think you've given us so many great little nuggets whether you know you grasped onto the independent parent thing or you grasped onto you know starting something for yourself and then hopefully that ripple effect will help happen in the home, whether it's just a reminder to be grateful and, to, you know, acknowledge that gratefulness or if you're really into the extra half an hour of sleep, whatever it is or the great nuggets Kristen shared today with us or empowering, you know, the, the empowering talk that you can say around a significant other that's no longer in the home. You know, that's that's that was another really great nugget as well. So whichever nugget you picked up on today, make sure you reach out to Kristen and let her know. And um, thank you, Kristen, for being with us today. And all you parents at home, make sure you tune in again. Thank you for being with us on the Blissful Parent Podcast today. Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com.